Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 28. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I am Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Thanks for all your support out there. I said uh, earlier that all those folks have asked people to post comments and reviews on iTunes, and I appreciate all your comments and feedback, and I said I would read them on the air, and I'd like to highlight one from Liz43230, who says she's an avid walker, and she's constantly looking for educational and worthwhile podcasts to add to my MP3 player. When I came across the Dose of Leadership podcast, I was impressed by the array of experts and topics available. They are the perfect length and type of content content that makes my walks enjoyable. Thanks, Richard. Well, thank you, Liz. I appreciate the feedback. And if all of you haven't done so, please go to iTunes, submit a review. Hopefully it's five-star. Let me know what you think about the show. You can also drop me an email and put comments out on the website, doseofleadership.com. Anyway, thanks for all your support. I hope you enjoy this next interview. i got to be honest with you, I wasn't at my best in this interview. My mind wasn't in the game, and, and I apologize to my guest, Kat Cole, who is the president of Cinnabon. She's a great guest, and she's got a great story. And I, I and I just I listened to the interview and I just wasn't on the top of my game. So I apologize that with you uh, from the get go. And uh, thanks to Kat for taking time out of her very busy schedule to spend time with me and talk. But I think you'll get some good nuggets out of it. She's got a great story. And uh, if you got some time, I would I would go on the website and uh, and read about her. She's got a lot of things to teach us about leadership and she's got a great inspirational story. So anyway, enjoy the interview with that little disclaimer of mine and and enjoy the show. Thanks. Well, I'm so excited to have on the show today Kat Cole. She's the president of Cinnabon Incorporated, which operates over more than a thousand franchise locations worldwide and is the market leader among bakeries serving cinnamon rolls and a variety of other baked goods and specialty beverages. Prior to her role at Cinnabon, she was the vice president of training and development for Hooters of America, where she had moved up from working in the restaurants to various leader, leadership positions over 15 years. She's got over more than a decade of Multidiscipline experience in change management, culture, communications, service, training, sales, restaurant operations, and leadership. And that's why we brought her on the show. Kat, it's such a thrill to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Well, you know, Kat, you're such a, you know, I've seen you. I, I captured or saw you the first time when I was on the Undercover Boss. That's when I first got wind of you. And I was surprised at your age. And I know you get that question a lot, but... You have such a remarkable story, and I want to know a little bit about from the beginning. You know, we are the product of our upbringing. So tell me a little bit about your past. You know, was, was it a you, – you mentioned in some interviews kind of a, a single mother, maybe kind of tough upbringing, not so much tough, but you had hard times. Is that correct? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was, you know, tough or hard times because relative to the tough situations that people really do have – in this country, I'd say we had it better than many, um, but sure. yes, I was raised by a single mother, and there were several years there where she fed us um, on $10 a week. That was our food budget, and so we certainly um, were not rolling in the dough, and so it was, you know, by that by that sense, it was a, you know, it, it was a challenge for her, but she figured out a way to make it happen and raise three um, 
great young ladies, and I had the opportunity to step up and take more of a leadership role at home, and that certainly, although it was a, um, a challenge for the family at times, it shaped me into who I am today. You know, I have four daughters myself, and I've talked to a lot of women leaders, and one of the things I'm always excited about in trying to talk to them is, you know, we're always more capable than we give ourselves credit for. And as a young woman yourself and, and rising up the ranks in, in, a, in the corporate world, what do you think the secret to that success was? I think it's a combination of being humble enough to know that you don't know everything, but yeah. hungry enough that you're willing to work hard when people do give you a chance. And, uh, you know, along with that is I had a lot of very kind and smart people who were willing to take a chance on me, who developed me, who gave me opportunities, and I wouldn't be where I am without them. However, when they gave me those opportunities, I was at a level of humility that allowed me to ease into almost any group or team, but a level of passion and hunger to learn that made sure I didn't let them down. You know, and I love that. I talked this morning with another woman leader named Ginny Catron. She lives in Nashville, and she has this book called Just Lead, and it's for um, women in, um, to lead in, in uh, church ministry. But she had this great point in the line, and what you just said just kind of rings true with that. She talked about being boldly humble, and uh, that's kind of what you're saying. You don't be afraid of the opportunities as they get presented to you. Be confident, but at the same time, humility is such an important facet of leadership. Don't you agree? Absolutely. You know, I saw one thing I love about your leadership style and I want to dive into. I saw an interview that you did on CNN. I think it was last fall, and I don't remember what the, the reporter's name was, but you, you were on Headline News, I think, and doing a little segment. And the guy asked you, and I, I was kind of amazed by his question, he said, did you have to step on anybody to get to where you're at? And without missing a beat, and I loved what you said, I'm paraphrasing, but you said, no, quite the opposite, I, I build people up. And one of the things I've always done in my leadership roles is when people came to work for me, one of the first things I said was, look, I'm going to teach you to take my job. Is that a cornerstone of your philosophy? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are two types of achievers. There are destructive achievers and productive achievers. And yeah. destructive achievers are those people who feel they need to step on others and um, be a little bit underhanded in order to um, serve themselves more. And productive achievers are the kind that understand the real way to lift yourself up is to lift others up around you so that when opportunity does come, you're ready to take the next opportunity and there's someone there who can hopefully do your job even better than you did. So is your rep, your style, what would you, how would you classify your leadership style? Is it, is it a casual style? Um, I, you know, I think it would depend on the, the group that I'm dealing with. I would say it's a very um, adaptive style. I work with many different types of groups. I grew up helping to open businesses all over the world, and one style that works in one country or in one business may not be the best style in another. So my values always stay the same, but the way that I interact with people and help them achieve their goals may be different depending on the talent level of the team, the dynamics of the team, the time frame that we have to achieve our goals. So it's a it's a very adaptive and flexible style. You know, one thing that I've, if I remember reading up on you, you're real big about the mentors and having great mentors. I'm a firm believer of that too. 
any advice for any of us out there of getting in touch with that quality mentor? Maybe we're intimidated to go talk to them. Do you have any advice of approaching a mentor? Uh, I think that most people's view of mentoring is a little bit, um, maybe a little bit off from what it should be. Mentoring can happen in any moment with people all around you. And I, I find people who spend weeks, months, or even years searching for what they call this perfect mentor when really if they just looked at the people that they encounter, if they had simple conversations asking about how you dealt with this situation or when you dealt with this, how did you handle it, they would stand to benefit from the experience of those around them. Mentoring serves one purpose, and it is to provide perspective so that you then can benefit from a broader perspective and then make well-informed decisions with more confidence because you can see the same situation through many people's lens. And so instead of looking for a mentor, I encourage people to find mentoring moments with those that are around them. Oh, I like that. That's, I, that's very good. I like that. You know, because every opportunity, even a conversation in an elevator or anybody hallway speak, every opportunity is a leadership opportunity. Yeah, I like that. One thing that I appreciate what you do and what I've also heard you say is, you know, you like to combine um, more of the humanitarian side and, and kind of the corporate side, the two worlds, if you will, the blending of the two. Is that part of your passion? And talk a little bit about all the travels and, and what you're involved in. Yeah, I think it's important that people find different ways to feed their soul. And for me, in addition to my work and my family and friends, it's global and local humanitarian work. And so whatever that is, for some people it's athletics, for others it's their church or their faith, and for people like me it's humanitarian work. Having a a well-grounded piece of your sense of being that comes from that thing that feeds your soul allows you to be the best version of yourself for your work and for your friends and family and for yourself. And so I think it's important that people find that outlet and commit to it and uh, make sure they make time for it. So for me, uh, traveling to some of the poorest areas of the world, um, typically Eastern Africa, and helping women learn to elevate themselves and villages learn to lift themselves out of poverty is a passion. It makes me a better person, a better business leader, helps me keep the crazy world of business in perspective. So when things get a little tough, I just think about you know my friends in Ethiopia or Rwanda and how much worse it could be, and it helps keep everything in nice perspective. Um, and and then I do believe that also when you are giving of yourself, even though I use my personal time to volunteer and do humanitarian work, there's no question that that provides a positive halo to my business, the Cinnabon brand, and our team because people know there's a leader um, in the business that's giving of themselves. So even though they are separate worlds, if you want to think about work and then personal humanitarian work, they certainly benefit each other, and I think it's important that people find what that thing is in their life that can enhance every element of how they show up every day. What What prompted you to go to Ethiopia? How did How did that all start? I was opening businesses in South Africa, actually, and was already on my way to the continent, and a friend of mine was in Rwanda interviewing President Kagame and uh, asked me to join her to help with some initiatives to elevate and educate women in Rwanda. And so I said yes and ended up over there, and I fell in love with the the country, uh, the people, and then the region as a whole of Central Eastern Africa. And so committed several years to doing various projects to uh, help elevate uh, women and children 
in Eastern Africa, and then another friend of mine who has a mutual affection for humanitarian work met someone who was involved in a group that did work in Somali, Ethiopia, help villages elevate themselves out of poverty. She asked if I'd be interested in joining, and then I, along with her, um, helped bring some other people along, and we just fell in love with the type of work that we did over in Somali, Ethiopia, came back, did a fundraiser for them, I have a book coming out that will raise funds for the villages and hope to be back in Ethiopia again this year following up on the progress of those um, of those people. What's the organization? Can we promote it here? Is there anything we can... We can... Sure, yeah. The, the work I do in Rwanda is um, just me going to work with locals and, and the government or you know friends who are going over. In Ethiopia, it's the Global Hope Network International, G-H-N-I, .org, I believe, and people can go on and donate it with products that go directly to the villages. They could order coffee from a company called Pangeo Coffee, uh, which provides these amazing coffees um, from these poorest regions of the world that happen to be coffee-growing regions like Ethiopia. And so that's the coffee I have in my house, of course. Mm -hmm. I order Pangeo Coffee to support the villages of the people that I you know, just left a year ago. I love hearing stories about some of the amazing individuals. Or, you know, the, any stories you want to share with us of any individual that you met out there that really struck struck you? Well, I, I mean, everyone is striking. You know, the fact that they are living in that environment, yeah. you're in a constant state of amazement. Um, you know, there was a there, the, the locals that are on the ground that lead Global Hope locally, they drive two hours every day to these villages from the local town. They do the hard work of helping teach the villagers um, irrigation techniques and water catchment techniques and um, helping move their their people along this village checklist of how we help them lift themselves out of poverty. And so, um, you know, they are really the heroes. We raise funds, we go out and find out what they need and try to apply our developed world business minds to help them find solutions to the challenges, and we come back and raise funds to enable them to do the work that they do, but really it's the local people that are the heroes, that they did everything from, you know, teaching people how to feed themselves and, and plant and catch water to, uh, there was a man who was dying in the village, and these individuals gave blood to the local um, the local blood bank because they didn't have enough blood to do the blood transfusion that he needed. And they were not related to him in any way. And so, you know, there's just a, every moment there are acts of inspiration and greatness and heroism when you're in an environment where almost everything is a matter of life or death. So no shortage of inspiration from that place. Yeah, I mean, that, that's amazing. I know that when I was in a pilot in the Marine Corps and I traveled all over the world and I never really got such a true appreciation. I mean, I've always appreciated where we lived and, and felt blessed, but you really don't get a sense until you really travel into those remote places and you see the abject poverty and the famine and you realize just the daily struggle that life can be outside of where we are. We truly are blessed. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so it's global. I want to get this right. I, I want to put a link on the website when I post this global hope network. Is that correct? Global hope network international international. Okay. And Pangeo coffee. Pange How do you spell that? P-A-N-G-E-O. P-A-N-G-E-O. Pangeo Coffee. Well, good. I'll have to try that out. Well, you know, I saw the, you know, kind of in that same vein and bringing it back, when you when you look at Cinnabon and, you know, you kind of experienced, now you, 
you had that experience in Undercover Boss. I know you've talked about it a lot, but I think that what was striking to me and and you learned a lot, even though you knew how to work kind of at that level because you kind of came up from that level working in retail food, right? But yes, absolutely. What, what was the big striking lesson you learned from that? I mean, I mean, you got pretty emotional, and I can I can see why. I don't blame you at all. But share with us some of the the, the really lessons that you learned, or maybe we didn't even get to see on that you know hour show. I'm sure there was more stuff that we didn't get to see. Um, you know, they filmed for quite a long period of time, and it's edited down to just over 40 minutes. So there is a lot that's not shown and. I think what's really most fascinating is that even though people have said, wow, the employees were so great, and on the other episodes we saw bad employees, and was there a bunch of bad stuff that we didn't see? And what was fascinating was there, there was even more good off yeah. camera. There were great employees, and they were just so sweet and so hardworking, and there were even more examples of that off camera. So, I, you know, what I tell people is what you see on TV is really the way they are, and there were many more examples of uh, how lucky we are to have them as employees off camera in addition to what you saw on camera. Would you think in business in general that a lot of um, – there is there a vacuum in leadership at the level that you're at that you see in, in businesses in general? I don't know that there's a vacuum of leadership. I think um, I think there are more people who have the opportunity to step up and lead in their own way. Yeah then they take advantage of, even individual contributors. Some, I think what is a challenge is many people don't feel empowered to really have a point of view and express that in a way that can create change. And because of that, leadership opportunities are missed. And yeah. so I, I think that if there's a vacuum of anything, it's a vacuum of empowerment. People feeling that they're empowered, that their opinion matters, and then knowing how to properly express that in a way that's respectful to the company culture, but still passionately conveys a point of view to help move the business forward. Yeah, I think anybody that can push the decision-making, the ideas down to the absolute lowest level is well on the way to be more successful. And um, it looks like on the surface that Cinnabon kind of promotes that. They try to get some of their best ideas from the employees working at the store. Is that a correct statement? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So what's next for Cinnabon? I mean, you've, you've taken it. Talk about some numbers a little bit. So you came in, and uh, what were the numbers when you came in, and, and where are they at now, and where are they going? Um, when I came on board with Cinnabon, we were in about 700, um, 7 to 725 locations uh, worldwide. We were in about 30 to 40,000 points of distribution, and now we are over 1,000 locations in 52 countries, and we are in over 50,000 50, points of distribution, and hopefully by the end of this year, we'll be, we will be approaching $1 billion in total consumer revenues. That's amazing. You know, one thing that I've, I've noticed is that, you know, maybe five years ago, maybe even longer, it seemed like it's really gone from this um, – known in the airports and now it's kind of um nice I, I go to the grocery store i see you've you're you're with pillsbury you've got the cereal which i just bought last week and i love by the way but so yeah very good <laughs> so um was that tell me a little bit about that i mean i think it's great i mean it's you know it's still great to walk in the airport and and have that 
smell and aroma hit you in the face, but uh, it's great to see it on other products. Is there anything else besides the cereal or the uh, the Pillsbury rolls? Am I missing anything else? Yeah, I mean, we've got so many products that are coming out. We've launched uh, Cinnabon pancake syrup, cinnamon roll flavored pancake syrup, and oh, cinnamon wow. roll sprinkle, Keedler Cinnabon cinnamon roll cookies, Cinnabon International Delight coffee creamer, of course, the cream of wheat. Just amazing products. We're in almost every aisle. We've been with Pillsbury and Kellogg's for many years in their cinnamon rolls and their frozen breakfast goods because they buy our proprietary cinnamon, and we work with them to innovate the flavor profile. But I'm really excited about the partnerships with International Delight uh, because the coffee creamer and the experience of drinking coffee with the Cinnabon flavor is so warm and delicious and unique, and we've got some exciting things that we will um, likely be launching in that whole space of retail coffee in the coming year. And so we just we love being a part of people's mornings and their afternoon snacks in their home with our warmth and our indulgent attributes, but often in ways that are lighter, simpler, healthier. You know, they're not the big commitment to an indulgent. So we're really getting to span the channels and span the day part. Where if people want to treat themselves with something yummy and indulgent, they can go to one of our malls and our flagship bakeries where we hand roll our world-famous cinnamon rolls, yeah. or they could go to one of our uh, Schlotsky's Deli locations uh, where we have Cinnabon Express with a version of our famous cinnamon rolls, or they can go to the grocery store and buy cream of wheat, which has this great source of vitamin D and calcium and iron and it's low calorie. It's this really healthy way to treat yourself with the flavors of Cinnabon. So, um, you know, I, I really think that having these products in these other channels gives people a way to indulge with Cinnabon that is the way they want to treat themselves, but still benefiting from all the flavors and the warmth that they love us for. Well, that's great. I mean, that was quite an education. I mean, I need to I need to even look even more. Is, is the creamer out yet, or is that something that you said is coming up? Oh, yes. It's been out for two years. It's fantastic. You should try it. Oh, gosh. I'm like... Where have I been? Because I I love coffee and I look you know well you know it's kind of one of those things when you're not when you don't know what to look for you don't you don't see it right sometimes you can if you're not looking for a car you never notice cars for sale but when cars are for sale but now I'm definitely going to be looking for Cinnamon stuff because I, I I love it I mean it was it's a ritual every time I travel in airports I got to get something from Cinnamon right it's evil that you guys have that smell I mean that there, you it's just it just draws you in you can't help it. Yes, we are fortunate that our world famous Macara cinnamon produces a pretty powerful, intoxicating aroma. Yeah, it's it's part of the focus. Is Anti Maze, right? That's another one that always gets me too. The pretzels that's related to the same brand of cinnamon in, in the same um, focus group. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, we're both we're both a part of Focus Brand. Yeah, that's another good one. Ugh. Absolutely. So. What's next for Cat Cole? I mean, I know it's hard to say. I mean, you're you're so um, young. You're in your mid thirties. What's next? What's your what's your lifelong passion and dream? Now I'm gonna continue to run great brands and companies. I have an affection for consumer brands and helping to make the most of them. I'll continue to take jobs where I can help people elevate themselves and help them realize, you know, their full potential. And I'll also continue the global humanitarian work. It will always be a part of my life. And so the extent to which I can continue to connect all of those attributes of work and life, I will continue to do. Well, very good. 
I'm so glad you came on the show, Kat. I think you're an inspiration to a lot of folks out there, um, especially young people. In the, uh, before I mentioned, I didn't. I know it's been in your bio, but uh, you didn't have a college degree when you got into um, your leadership role at Hooters. Is that correct? No, I dropped out of college when I was 19 because I had the opportunity to travel all over the world, um, training, opening up restaurants, and obviously, if I'm all over the world, I certainly can't be sitting in a classroom. So, That's right. Um, and and internet classes, web-based classes were not cool back then. They weren't really available. So um, so I had to make a choice between following my dream and travel and, and work and school. And so I quit and followed my passion and uh, moved up in that one company, but eventually went back and got my MBA uh, just about a year and a half before I left Tutors to come take over um, running Cinnabon. That's great. I think that's uh, a great example of... You know, you don't have to follow the stock, kind of what everybody says you have to do to be successful. So I, I think that's a great a great part of your history, and I think that's great that people should know that. And I think um, I'm always telling my girls, you know, you got to follow your passion, you follow your heart. You know, if you follow, if you do what everybody thinks you're supposed to do, I think it, it puts people in, a, it puts you in a box. And um, I love it when people follow their passion and their, and their heart and their dreams, and so I, I commend you for that. Well, thank you very much. Well, Kat, um, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and um, thanks for giving us a little insight to your world and a little bit a dose of leadership for us. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.